0: Season 1, Episode 2, Goal Setting Challenge Day 1 This is True Success Channel. The official podcast of the Soul Sisters Strike, A podcast series that helps you discover how to unlock your inner greatness and transform your life to a fulfilling lifestyle that echoes through eternity, bringing you success in this world and the next. And now, here's your host, true success strategist and soul sister, Shamima Shahjahan, along with your co-host, Zainab Ziaj. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu, dear soul sisters. This is me, your host, Shamima Shahjahan, along with your co host, Sister Zainab Ziyad.
1: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. How are you, Shamima?
0: Wa alaikum, assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. I'm doing great. How are you doing this fine day?
1: Alhamdulillah, I'm okay. Much awaited day is here and very exciting to start the day one. Yeah.
0: That's so true. I'm actually excited for today's recording because the listeners might be not knowing this, but uh, we are recording this particular podcast after quite some gap after we recorded the introduction to the 7-day goal setting challenge. And uh, actually we did try recording the day 1 yesterday and we recorded for almost 1 hour 29 minutes is it? Yeah, almost. Yeah, just to realize that uh, we would have to redo it because Allahu alam there was some divine wisdom <laughs> that we are still trying To figure out why it took us so long yesterday.
1: Yeah, I think it was a learning session, though. Alhamdulillah, we were able to learn through all of it.
0: Yeah, Subhanallah. Honestly, like one thing that Zainab and I concluded that we need to renew our intention and to make sure that we do it with utmost sincerity. That is, we're doing what we're doing right now for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and not for any other personal gains.
1: Definitely. Talking about that, I think uh, it's something relating to our topic for the day where you will be assessing where you are and setting a powerful intention to bring about change
0: yes definitely and for those of you listening and wondering what we are talking about so this particular podcast is a supporting podcast to our 7 day goal setting challenge workbook if you have not received your workbook yet all you gotta do is click on the link in our social media you can find the link in my personal Instagram account that is at shamima underscore spelled as S H A M W E M A underscore S-H-A-J or you can also find the link in and this is Zainab's Instagram account that is at Zainab ZainabZiad Z A I N A B Z I Y A R D. So, all you got to do is click on the link and get this free seven day goal setting challenge workbook. So, today we will be discussing the day one of this challenge which, as Sister Zainab just pointed out, is going to deal with assessing where you are and setting a powerful intention to bring about a change. Zainab, why do you think it is important to assess your life? Like, Is it important? Why can't we just go about achieving your goals? Why do we have to reflect on our current life first?
1: Well, if you do not confront your past, you are destined to repeat it. So by assessing where you are, currently what you are doing and where you stand in your life you'll be able to recognize where you spend your time the most and also through that you recognize your strengths your weaknesses and there's a saying actions without reflection is like a car without brakes so we see how it's very important to reflect back and assess where you are it's just like the whole process
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And actually, when we talk about this particular topic of assessing where we are, we see that this was a way of the Prophet ﷺ as well. Because even before he received the Prophethood, we learn in the Seerah that he had the habit of going to Hira and where he spent time reflecting on life and the things that's happening around him and meditating. So I feel like as a Muslim, it's important for us to incorporate this practice in our life where we analyze ourselves, we reflect on our life and see where we are going.
1: Definitely. It requires a lot of pondering, reflecting, giving a lot of me time. You need to avoid distractions and like seclude yourself and just think and ponder on different factors in life.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And you know, as simple as this might sound, to be able to reflect on your life is actually a skill. Because many of us live with this uh, delusional idea that when we pause and actually reflect on life, that we are wasting time. But the truth is, this is a very incorrect idea. Because when you reflect on your life, like Zainab just pointed out, we will only be benefiting ourselves because we will get to know more about us, like our strengths, our weaknesses, if we are progressing in life, or if we are regressing in life. So assessing your life is an important component of learning
1: that's so true
0: and whenever you learn it only will bring about positive effects in your life
1: yes that requires a lot of honesty on the individual who is doing this because assessing yourself is something which you are the only person who knows it besides god because you know what exactly are your intentions you know what is in your heart so you need to be very honest in
0: this task i totally agree zainab you know it's sometimes a bit difficult for you to swallow it and just accept that you have weaknesses and you actually suck at something Because all of us want to do good in life. But then we also have to be humble enough to accept that we have shortcomings as well. Because if you do not admit our problems and our weaknesses, the chances are we might never overcome our weaknesses and our problems. Like you just pointed out, when you are assessing your life, it's really important to make sure that you're being truthful to yourself. So if you do have a look at the workbook, which I hope you've already downloaded by now, you would see that we have given you a table to fill out where you will be assessing the different aspects of your life. And while you are going through the different sections of your life, you have to make sure that you are as honest as possible with yourself because this workbook at the end of the day is only going to be with you for your self-reflection purposes. Yes,
1: alongside assessing, we also have to like set a powerful intention that. Uh, mm. We will definitely bring about a change. Mm,
0: I totally agree because even there's a famous hadith where the Prophet ﷺ says that his actions are judged by intentions. So if you are listening to this podcast, and if you have downloaded the workbook, then you've already, whether you made the intention or not, unconsciously, you've already made the intention that you want to set goals, you want to take your life towards the right direction. So congratulations on that. And Alhamdulillah, be grateful for Allah that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala guided you towards the right way. And if you do not Have an intention, and if you are doing things just because you want some things of this dunya alone, then you are not only missing out opportunities of gaining reward that will help you immensely in the akhirah, but you will be also wasting all your energy and your effort because all your work will become pointless because it was not coupled with an intention. So, whatever you're doing, whether it is reflecting in your life or you're filling out this workbook, just make sure. That you have the right intention. It's not as hard, it's very simple. Anyone can do it, just have the right intention, and inshallah, you will reap the benefits.
1: I totally agree is that when we do not have the proper intention, doing this is going to be a waste of time. So that's the first thing which we all have to set to have a powerful intention, inshallah. So Shamima, why have Mm -hmm. you decided to have these seven different aspects, whereas when you can assess your life, we could also do it in one general approach?
0: Okay, so... If you have the workbook with you, you can see that we have drawn up a table where we have divided the life into seven major aspects. They are the spiritual aspect, relational, financial, health, professional, personal and philanthropical. Now, the reason why I divided the life into these seven different segments, as opposed to telling you to just uh, fill out your thoughts about your current life in a single paragraph is because sometimes it is possible that we focus only on one aspect. Mm -hmm. Like when we are looking at things in the light of Islam, we would only focus on the spiritual aspect of life. But if we are talking about goals in the aspect of business and our career, we will only focus on the financial aspect of our life. Yeah, but we see from the way the Prophet ﷺ lived his life, and when we consider the lifestyle that is recommended for us as Muslims in our deen is the balanced approach and you can never live a balanced life until and unless you give the haq for every aspects of your life. That is for an example you see some people who focus only on the spiritual aspect of their life. That is they will be praying and reciting but that will be at the cost of their relationship with their relatives and their family and maybe they would forsake their health as well, because uh, you know there's this uh, beautiful hadith where Anas رضي الله reported that three men came to the house of the wise of Prophet ﷺ to inquire about the worship of the Prophet ﷺ. and uh, when they were told as to how Prophet ﷺ used to worship you know they were like remarking to themselves saying that they are nothing when compared to the Prophet because as we all know the Prophet is forgiven his past and future sins so then one of these men reacted saying that he will offer a prayer all night long and never sleep and the second man said that he would fast continually and he will never break his fast and Finally, the third man said that he will keep away from women and never marry. And when the Prophet ﷺ came to know about this, he was really upset and he said that amongst all mankind, he is the one who fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most and he is the most obedient and dutiful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the next part is what I would like to highlight here because this is where the Prophet ﷺ said that I observe fast but I also break it. I perform my salah at night but I also sleep in certain portions of the night and i take wives that is he marries so whoever turns away from my sunnah does not belong to me so just considering this single hadith which is mentioned in al-bukhari and muslim we learn that the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu wasallam is the middle path. that is the balanced approach in life
1: that was beautifully said Mm -hmm.
0: so this is the reason why i thought to mention the seven different aspects as opposed to just talking about just life in general where we will be neglecting certain parts and focusing on the in certain parts more
1: yeah well that's something that's very usual it's like a common thing where there's single-mindedness sometimes when you think about like financial thing you're like thinking about money and your your job your profession and you're just like focusing on that and that is one way it's you being very extreme in that way. I mean, it is a good thing, but sometimes when you overdo it, you're neglecting other aspects and you're not giving the hug of all the different aspects in life. It's just beautifully said in that hadith how you need to lead a moderate lifestyle, balancing each and every aspect of your life to achieve the eternal success, right?
0: That's true. That's where the name of this podcast channel came about as well. That is true success channel because mostly in this dunya we focus on success and we go behind money fame or whatever it is but if you want true success you have to attain balance because balance equals to getting success not only in this dunya but also in the Akhirah. And you know what's the scary part, Zainab? One thing that I'm always afraid of is while you are achieving the different things, you don't want to end up being a volume. That is, you have to realize that it's just not your body that has a right over you, but so does your spouse. And so do the poor people in the community.
1: Definitely.
0: You have to draw a balance in every single thing.
1: Yes, I agree. So moving on. So would Mm -hmm. you want to tell our sisters how we should go with this day one, how we should assess our life and how we should use the table that's given in the workbook?
0: Yeah, definitely. I would love to. So if you do have a look at the workbook, you see that we have drawn up seven columns, which is spiritual, relational, financial, health, professional, personal, and philanthropical. So that is the main title, the main segments of life that we will be focusing on. And underneath each of this topic, you find that there is this section called points to consider. Because you see, sometimes when we are talking in terms of one segment of our life, it is quite possible that we focus only in one section of the segment. For an example, when I say the spiritual aspect of life, it may be possible that person A will be thinking about only Salah And person B will be thinking about only the recitation of the Quran. Which is why I thought it was essential to at this section called points to consider where i write down certain points which you can consider when we are talking about the spiritual aspect of course you can add more but i feel that if you at least consider the points that is mentioned here you will do justice to the topic for an example when you talk about the spiritual aspect under points to consider i have mentioned about salah, and i've also mentioned about focusing on the obligatory and voluntary salah and when it comes to quran you have the recitation of the quran which most of us would generally think of when we say the word quran but many fail to analyze quran in the light of the importance of understanding the verses of the quran and also pondering on the ayat mentioned in the quran Mm -hmm. and then we have that is the remembrance of allah in general and also the masnoon du'a like the morning and evening du'as And then fasting, we have obligatory fast and we have voluntary fast. And finally, the point under points to consider is obedience to Allah. Now, this is a very broad topic, but it's important that we at least focus on the halal and the haram aspect when it comes to obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
1: Definitely, that's true.
0: Zainab, would you like to read the points to consider under the relational aspect of one's life? Sure.
1: So for relational, we have uh, the different roles you play. So basically, as a sister in Islam, you might be a wife or you might be um, a mother or a daughter. So it is how you spend quality time with your loved ones or your relatives and your friends. So it's a very intricate thing the relational aspect of your life a certain time when you are indulged in your profession or your work life your spiritual life when you are too focused on that there is a chance you might neglect your relational aspect in your life you might spend less quality time so here there's a factor called quality because usually we all might live under the same roof like your your parents yourself and your siblings might live under the same roof and you guys might be having dinner on the same dining table but one thing that's very common in these days is you know when we're having dinner also we all meddle with our phones so that doesn't mean it might be spending time together but it doesn't mean spending quality time together so that's a very important factor spending quality time it could even be spending five minutes of quality time
0: yeah because it's not uh, important that you are physically present, but you should also be emotionally present. We can also analyze as to whether or not we are giving justice to each and every role we play, or if we are doing a boom. For an example, it may be that you are an excellent wife, but you are a terrible (laughs) daughter-in-law. Honestly, let us all agree, you know, it's easier to play certain roles in your life than the other for an example maybe it's easier for you to be a sister than be a sister-in-law but if you have all relationships for the sake of allah then allah will definitely put a lot of barakah in your life and make things easy for you which is why another point to consider when we are talking about the relational aspect of life is family ties we have to always remember that breaking a family tie is never an option because it's such a great sin in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we don't want to be of those who earn Allah's anger. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And you know, Zainab, you know, one of these beautiful stories that always crosses my mind when I think about maintaining family ties is the incident of Ifq. For those of you who do not know, there was a period of time when the mother of believers, the daughter of Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, and the wife of Prophet, that is, Aisha anha was falsely slandered. Obviously this was a lie but until ayat were revealed regarding her innocence there was a period of tension that surrounded the Prophet's household and Abu Bakr, anha, being the father was very concerned. Now during this period of time there was a Sahaba by the name of Mitha ibn Uthatha, who also happened to be Abu Bakr anha, whose cousin who was receiving financial aid from him. So Mitha was one of the individuals who took part in commenting on the slander and this really hurt Abu Bakr radiallahu and he remarked saying that he would stop giving financial aid to his cousin. But when he did say this it's so beautiful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah that's in Surah Noor, ayah number 22 saying that and let not those of virtue among you and wealth swear not to give aid to their relatives and the needy and the immigrants for the cause of Allah and let them pardon and overlook would you not like that Allah should forgive you and Allah is forgiving and merciful. So when you look at the tafsir of this particular ayah, we see that it's relating back to this incident. But what's more interesting is right after this ayah was revealed, Abu Bakr as siddiq said that he would resume spending on Mitha ibn Uthatha, and he said but Allah, I will never stop spending on him. And uh, this was proven true because in the future we see that he actually did spend on Mitha ibn Ufafa. So what's so beautiful is that all it took for Abu Bakr an was this single ayah for him to put aside his own ego, put aside his own feelings and pain and prioritize the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I feel like when it comes to maintaining family ties as much as we need the quality of forgiveness and to be able to overlook, we always have to make sure that we maintain 10 ties based on taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only then can we succeed in this particular aspect that's just beautiful actually
1: that's such a beautiful story a definite lesson for all of us to take it also includes like how you have to maintain family ties plus you have to have that ultimate goal which is the pleasure of allah in mind as well while you're maintaining the family
0: ties would you like to read the other aspects that we will be focusing that is financial
1: Yes, yeah, so for financial, it's something like you have to assess your sources of income. Well, if you're having a profession through your job or your business, are you earning through a halal way or a haram way? So you need to analyze in different ways how you're getting this income. And your budget. So in your budget, it would be, are you a person who spends more, a spendthrift? Or are you a person who has a good conscience of the budget? And also it includes the charity and there's zakah that's involved in this. So are you involved in charitable activities? Do you give charities in charity events? Or, and also you give your zakah the due amount. So these are some points to consider.
0: Yeah. And then we have our health aspect of our life. So when it comes to health, some points to consider is your diet. Don't just ask yourself if the food you are consuming is halal. But also ask yourself if it is tayyib. Because we see in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always mentions halal and tayyib when he's talking about food. And when we say tayyib, we refer to wholesome food that is nutritious and that does not actually harm your health. And then you would also have to focus on physical exercise, ongoing treatment and required diagnosis. Now what do you mean by ongoing treatment and required diagnosis? First and foremost, you have to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves a strong believer than a weak one. So it should be in our best interest to become a more physically fit Muslim because we would definitely be able to perform better in our lives if we are physically fit. So when it comes to ongoing treatment you see there are some people when they fall sick and they are under a medical course, when they feel a bit better they stop taking the medication. But although this is a matter of personal choice but we all have to remember that our careless action might sometime lead to a bigger problem. This is especially true for an example if you are going through an antibiotic course. If you stop the medication in the middle, you would not only uh, relapse from it now to be but you are also giving rise to resistive bacteria. That is, let's say you are taking a particular antibiotic and you stop it in the middle so you do not put an end to all the bacteria that is affecting so the bacteria's evolve and they're able to resist the medicine. So the medicine that you're taking, the antibiotic, would no longer be effective. When we talk about required diagnosis, it may be that you are having certain symptoms. For example, you are having migraines or you have a swell in a certain part of your body, but you're just procrastinating seeking medical advice. Now, it's highly advisable for you to go seek out help if you are having a problem in your health. You don't necessarily have to go to a medical doctor, but you can at least seek help from elders who can, you know, very well advise you on some DIY medicines and you can check out sometimes we tend to procrastinate and things get out of hand and matters worsen and there is no way for us to treat it. So if you do not want to do that, we have to discipline ourselves and be responsible and take accountable of our health. Because at the end of the day, it's an amana given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes,
1: definitely. I think any like ongoing treatment or something regarding health is the first thing that needs to be addressed. Only if we are healthy, we will be able to do other duties in our life.
0: I totally agree on that. Next, we have the professional aspect of one's life. So under this, you might want to consider about education or any training that you need, any qualifications that you would need to pursue, and of course, the reach. If you're wondering what reach is, basically, you know that we live in a digital era. If you have an idea, you also have to ask yourself, how are you going to get to your target audience. For an example, while we are working on this podcast, Zainab and I, we were also thinking as to how we could make this podcast beneficial. And one of the first and foremost thing that we concluded was we have to make sure that it reaches the target audience. So I inserted the point reach because I feel that as much as you want to pursue your professional goals, you might also want to consider if your goal is going to get a positive impact By having a higher reach and if it is a yes then you might also want to ask yourself questions as to how to reach out to your target audience as is it going to be through ads or is it going to be organically etc i hope that's clear
1: yeah it was and i think the next aspect is going to be the personal aspect which is something important for all of us to mm. assess about your your habits. It could be a good habit or a bad habit. You just have to mention everything. And it could also include your addictions, like addicted to, you know, watching TV or, you know, browsing through the social media or even addicted to having some sort of, like, sweet. It could be anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. So you know, Zainab, what crossed my mind, can you remember the message that you sent to me on Instagram the other day that was about a post that was shared by uh, Jay Shetty, where he mentioned about FOMO and uh, Yes,
1: it was very relatable.
0: Yeah, so FOMO is fear of missing out. So there are people who are constantly checking their phones because they have this fear of missing out, like whether it is a message on WhatsApp or Instagram or whatever social site. You know, for an example, if they put up a post on Instagram, they have to check it every other minute to see if they got a comment or a like. And this is something negative and looked down upon because it's wasting a lot of your time, which is why Jayshati, I thought it was really... um, smart of him to say that he created this concept of JOMO that is joy of missing out that it's okay if you don't check your phone every other time actually I'm trying to pull out this message from my inbox now so I can do justice yeah the post says JOMO which is a noun joy of missing out feeling content with staying in and disconnecting as a form of self-care and antonym is FOMO that is fear of missing out So I think we all can incorporate, try our maximum to incorporate JOMO. That's the joy of missing out in our life. So we will be able to save a lot of time. You know, sometimes if we are suffering from FOMO, the chances are you might not even be able to give justice to this very workbook and reflect properly.
1: It's just that when you have a purpose in your life, fear of missing out would mean nothing to you, right? You just have a better Mm -hmm. thing to focus on and better things to worry about
0: yeah i totally agree and also when you are reflecting on your life in terms of your personal self you might also want to ask yourself what does your inner voice tell you does it say positive things or does it say negative things this is very important because it will kind of bring out your nature if you are a pessimistic person or if you are an optimistic person. And if you are a pessimistic person, then it would give an opportunity for you to learn how to transform yourself to a more optimistic person for a brighter future. And another point that we've actually mentioned under the personal aspect of one's life is image. And I thought I would like to address this because I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea that by mentioning image we're talking about one's appearance that was given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but we are actually focusing on things that is under our control for an example let's say you are a student of knowledge and you represent your deen and you had asked yourself how are you going to present yourself in the public if you are wearing a particular uniform of a particular institute and if you are misbehaving in public you're not only shaming yourself but you're giving a wrong impression about the entire institute so i feel like when it comes to us being muslims it's really important that we carry ourselves in a particular manner where we do not offend others and worst case scenario give a wrong message.
1: Definitely and I think it's a good moment to think about what are your strengths what are your weakness and write them
0: down. Yeah because when you figure out your weaknesses you can either conclude on seeking some knowledge so that you can turn your weakness into your strength or you can just seek out help and dedicate your task so that you are not affected by your weakness as much as if you did not seek out help Yeah, I agree. and then the final final. final aspect would you like to give it away to our audience
1: Sure so the final aspect is philanthropical which is basically the social service that you do includes how you serve others and how you spend your skills and your talents not only to yourself but also to those around you how you contribute your wealth your time sometimes we think contributing for society is just money or some wealth or some property but it also includes your time your skills there is a lot more to it so it's a good chance for you to see if you are really doing something to serve the people around you Mm -hmm. or are you still lacking in that
0: yeah that's very true to see how you contribute towards the welfare of the ummah Alhamdulillah, I think and I hope that this podcast was able to do justice to the day one of the seven day goal sitting challenge. What we try to aim at when we are recording this podcast is to make sure that this podcast is informative enough to help you understand what we are trying to achieve by filling out this particular table that is right in front of you if you've already downloaded the workbook. And if you have not downloaded the workbook, we recommend you to do so. You can just find the link in our social media accounts. That is at shamima underscore shaj and at zaynabziyad. Alhamdulillah, I think it was a very comprehensive podcast. And we hope that you benefit from this work. And we are really hoping for your feedback. So feel free to drop us a message and even take snaps of you working on the workbook and share it on your social media accounts and tag us. You can also join the Soul Sisters tribe, which is a community, which is essentially a space where you can learn, share, grow and connect with like-minded, passionate Muslimas all around the globe. All you got to do is go check out Soul Sisters under int on instagram we also have a closed facebook group you can find the link in our instagram page inshallah we hope to catch you again tomorrow with the second episode which covers day number two of this seven day full challenge till next time this is me our host shalima shajahan signing off with your co-host ben Siak saying wa warahmatullahi